Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few podcast. My name is David Tomlinson. Uh, you can get the podcast on, we're on Facebook, Twitter and YouTube at the moment and later on you'll be able to get it on Acast and Spotify. With me tonight is, uh, I'll, I'll go age before beauty, Mr David Pollock, how are you? I want to see birth certificates for that statement. <laughs> I'm fine, I'm fine. It's, it's no longer sunny in West Lothian as it was today for the, for the match, it's now raining. But uh, hey ho. No, an efficient victory for the Bears and into the international break. Hopefully we can uh, see big Phil the Fluter <clears throat> get some time in the training ground. Yeah, and get some players back. I think that, that'll that be the main thing, getting players back. Uh, second, uh, Bill, how are you? Very well, Dave. Just, uh, just realised I was on mute there before I started talking. Yeah, I'm good. Um, good win today. Uh, it was a bit of a quite a turgid game uh, on that plastic pitch, and uh, feels as if we never really got a second here. You know, playing against what I would say is the lowest of low blocks, but uh, got the job done. And uh, as the title of the, the show tonight is, says, three points and up the road. Okay, thanks, everyone. Well, if it was that was the age, now we've gone to the beauty. Shona, how are you? I'm fine, thanks everyone. Enjoyed the game today. That was me at my, my away game. Managed to bump into Jack Butland when I was there. So I am on cloud nine. That boy is an absolute keeper. So yeah, I'm, uh, I've been thoroughly enjoying today, to be honest with you. And uh, yeah, I thought it was a decent result today. I think uh, I don't think Livy had that many chances, but I'm sure we'll get onto the game and uh, cover it all tonight. And thanks everyone for joining us. Yeah, I think I think he I think he had one one time he caught the ball, so that was it. Um, 
I tried to put up your photo showing it, unfortunately, but uh, the, the the file was far too big and it ended up with a wee bit of your head on the screen, so I had to take it back down again. Anyway, Mr. Pollock, um, starting, the, starting with the game, uh, Clement said at the beginning, we'll play in the car park if we need to. That's that pitch as a car park. Yeah, it's a dreadful surface. I mean, I, they should should not be playing uh, professional football on surfaces like that. It's particularly the top league. You can understand why, you know, kind of lower division clubs and, and the, the income issues that they have, why they would, you know, use a pitch like that for, you know, an kind of additional stream of revenue. But uh, I'm sorry, in the top league, they, they have no excuses. It's just, uh, it's it's embarrassing, actually, that that pitch is just dreadful. There's not an actual bounce in the ball, you know, so <clears throat> a level playing field. I mean, it, it may be a level, but it's a shocker of a playing field. Uh, so, but in saying that, you know, I think Phil probably takes the correct approach. You know, it doesn't matter where, the, where we play them. We could play them in red blaze. We could play them in, you know, any surface you like. Play them on the beach at Trun, and we should still be able to beat Livingston because of the quality of players we have. So, <clears throat> no, uh, and I thought watching the game, you know, your overall impression of it is that Rangers have better players than Livingston, and, and doesn't you know the surface aside that that's shown through. So, as you said, as we said in the title, you know, job done, bag of chips up the road. Yeah, well, you said we didn't get out of second gear. <clears throat> I was really finding it difficult. Actually, get excited about the game for some reason. I don't know why. Normally, I'm I'm sitting at the, the edge of the chair, and if Rangers score, I'm 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 shouting my head off and giving the wife a heart attack. But, um, how? Um, yeah. I've sort of, did did you have the same problem? Did 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 you could you get into the game right? No, it was very tortured. Um, and you know, I, I never I never had that sense of danger. I never felt as if we could concede a goal. I never felt as if we could offer anything coming forward. So, you know, it was just sitting and waiting and sitting and waiting. And eventually, I know Rangers were going to score. I think, see, if it got to 70 or 75 minutes and it was still nothing each, then I think we'd all have been at the edge of our seats, you know, pushing for the goal. But we got a goal in the first half, and I think it was never in any doubt, you know, after Dessers puts the ball in the net. Just um, what you were talking about there with the, the plastic pitch, Dave. Um, I found it interesting, Clement talked about uh, the analogies with tennis, where some guys are more specialised on grass and some are more specialised on a clay coat and all of that. And I had never really thought about that before, but Levy are using that pitch every week. You know, they're much more used to it because when um, we used to talk about plastic pitches and I would always say, well, you know, both, both teams have got to play on the plastic pitch. But I don't think it's really an issue for a team that's doing it every week, whereas a team that does it a handful of times a season's maybe going to struggle a wee bit more with it. Um, but yeah, I just I found that an interesting thing, the analogy with the tennis there. Bill, you're up in the Orkneys and it's, well, my, my visage of it is that it's wild weather up there all the time. What, what like, are the pitches up there? What like are they? Oh, that's fine. I, um, I will say Orkney, I go and watch Orkney FC sometimes and they play on what's called an all-weather pitch. It's a plastic pitch. Um, but I mean, the, the kind of rain here and whatever isn't really much different for Scotland or certainly for the West Coast. 
it's just a little windy up here, but I don't think that seems to affect the grass really because there is grass pitches and they're all kind of okay. Yeah, I just I was I was just wondered about that. Yeah, Shona, we've seen the uh, we've seen you in your 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 photo with uh with Mister Butland. That was a that was a big thing for you. And you also had a you put up another photo. What was it? It was written in Spanish. I take it was was it asking for Daniel Yo's jumper or something like that shirt. Yeah, it was for my nephew. He was at the game with me. It was his first. Sorry, am I still on mute? No, on you go. Can you hear me? No, yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, so basically, I was taking my nephew to his first ever uh, away game today, and obviously he said it's now the it's now the end thing, isn't it? Nowadays for kids to take these uh, posters with them to the obviously to the football ground. So he took um, a poster, and on the poster it was written in Portuguese. Danilo, can I please have your shirt? And then on the back of it, it said obrigado, which means thank you. So, um, no, we tried our best. Um, we obviously managed to spot Danilo outside the training ground um, and managed to get a picture outside the, the front of, uh, of Livingston. But unfortunately, and this time around, the players were not giving away their shirts because of the poppy that was on it. So I presume that all the shirts will be donated to charity or there'll be an option for them in some sort of sense so it was a wee bit unfortunate for him but look at the end of the day got got to meet him uh, i think you can see the poster on the rangers official website as well they've taken pictures from outside the ground and he's in the background and i'm holding up his uh, his poster for him so but unfortunately this time he never managed to get it but yeah we did try our best um but look i think he's quite happy with the with the danilo uh, picture and, and obviously I'm loving the fact that I got a picture with Jack Butlin. So, uh, no, it's been a good day all round. As for the plastic pitch, guys, this is not going to change until we get rid of Neil Doncast. I think one of the guys said from the SFA, this is just not going to change. And unfortunately, what we need to do is we need to try and look at other ways of investing into our, our, our league because, look, we are honestly a laughing stock around Europe. We really are. With the TV deal that we've got, the sponsorship deal, I obviously don't want to go into a rant about the SFA, but everything on top of that, it really is embarrassing for our football, for our, for our, uh, with the Clara League. And we're obviously trying to look at the likes of getting Rangers and Celtic into the Champions League. It's not like the days of old guys when we were competing in the Champions League. We are taking absolute hammerings off these teams and it's getting embarrassing. And we need to stop it. We need to do something to invest it now. The way we start off with that is it's going to take years, but we need to get a good sponsorship deal for a start. We need to get rid of Neil Doncaster and we need to go back to grassroots where we had an under-21s league. And until that improves, we're not going to improve our system. Unfortunately, it's just going to stay the same. But anyway, we won't go on that rant because we obviously want to get into the game. But um, guys, I've got a, a one for you right out of the box. I thought Borna Barisic, I've watched, watched the game back. I thought he was absolutely brilliant today. Really did. His variation in passes and everything. I think Borna Barisic has actually been quite good for the last, the last while. Dave? Shona brought up Doncaster. It wouldn't be you in a podcast if you didn't want to have a wee shot at them. Oh, I, I feel bad for, for Neil Doncaster because I have a go at him so often, but it, it's uh, the guy is an absolute fraud for me. So, but until there's there's a willingness, you know, among the clubs in Scotland to do something about it, he'll cost Neil Doncaster. He'll be there until he gets fed up with it, you know, when he's uh, had enough of our money, you know, when he. What does he get paid? Eight hundred thousand pounds a year, something like that. Something absolutely ridiculous, you know. In, in, a, in a league, you know, four ton, four ton, four ton. I think it was Dave. Is it four hundred thousand a year? Yeah. 
I think it's four hundred. Yeah, I, I mean, it's whatever it is. It's an absolute, uh, an absolute fraud in Scottish football for all that that guy's brought to the, the, the table. You know, and then the, the sin steal and getting into a legal dispute with Rangers. I mean, that just it's sheer amateurism. As I've, as we've said before, David, it's it's the kind of bowling club mentality in, in, in the administration, the governance, and Rangers. You know, funded. Offer to fund, you know, a review of, of the whole thing and, and have a look at the, the governance of Scottish football and the clubs, you know, saying, oh, there's, there's Rangers, you know, moaning again when uh, we could have done something about it, but there's no appetite to do something about it because we're seen as, you know, paddling our own canoe. And, and, and this this particular argument, when, when as Sean is saying, you know, this is for the for Scottish football as a whole that we need to make changes and uh, starting with those frauds. So it's, I'm afraid nothing's going to change anytime soon. You know, he's, he's got a two-year notice period, you know, so we have to pay £800,000 to get short of him. You know, it's uh, it's absolute fraud. <clears throat> it's just not absolute nonsense. I mean, I, I don't know if I've got anything more to say on, on, on these guys because it's just that the whole thing is smacks of corruption. You know, the Dundee email thing, you know, all of that fiasco. The time, you know, when, when Neil Doncaster was there and Law, him and Law were off to see Sky to cut Rangers out the, the Sky TV deal and Sky told them to bolt. You know, all of these things, uh, these guys are not our friends. So the quicker we're shot of all that shower of shite, the, the better for for Scottish football, not not only for Rangers. Yeah, well, I've said it often enough. I, I still don't understand why the B teams are not allowed into the professional game that they should that there should be a league they should be able to work their way up to the to the the, the championship because it's absolutely we're, we're just keeping these i mean when rangers are start have, having to go out and find teams to play it's just absolutely ridiculous absolutely ridiculous and I mean, playing playing against low-class amateurs every week that was nothing either so i i, I think that's a, a really big thing as i said before people that, that have, have listened to the news Podcast, they know my, my, my thoughts on it. And we, we just need to, so you've got Spain, you've got Holland, they're all the, the B teams are in the professional B teams are, are in the, the professional league. And it works great for them. It really does. Anyway, I'll go on to the game and I'll come round the four of you and get the, or the three, three of you, four including myself, of course. Um, the team uh, started Butland, Tav. Goldson, Balligan, Barisic, Jack and Lundstrom, McCausland, Lawrence and Seema, and Dessers up front. Davey, I'll just stick with you since you didn't get a football question the last time. What, do, what did you think of that team? Uh, well, I was good to see, happy to see uh, Lammers out and sad to see Dessers in because I think we should have, uh, I suppose, you know, it's, he's going to have to rotate the score in some way. But, for me, and I'm, I'm just going to lay it out in front of you, Dessers is a lump of wood, and we just have to admit that and, and, and look to, to move him on somewhere. And I, I just would not play the guy again. He did score the goal. Uh, he should have had a hat-trick in the first half, to be honest. Uh, he just doesn't, The movement is painful to watch. Uh, he's got a touch like a baby elephant. Uh, it's I just, I just don't see... What could possibly come from good can come from this? Maybe maybe that's just me, but I 
I wouldn't be playing uh, Dessers. I would have played uh, someone else. I think Lammers is, is already on record as saying that he's not averse to playing, uh, you know, as a as a front man. So uh, I would even try that in front of Cyril Dessers. But uh, it was good to see Denny Lowe eventually come on, as as, as we knew what would happen. That, but I'm hoping that the the international break will see uh, Danilo put on another couple of 10, 20 percent of fitness and and, and be our, our main striker because he is unless uh, something disastrous happens, he's the first pick. Bill, what do you, you think of the team? Were you surprised that that Danilo wasn't in the team, or did you sort of expect that Dessers would be in there? Um, I wasn't overly surprised. I think Clement is trying to protect some players, and I think Danilo just having come back. And uh, Clement said as much. I think in the after-match press conference where he was talking about um, the distances and stuff, and the the numbers went a wee bit over my head. But he talked about the distances of Danilo's running and what he'd been doing in training and stuff. And if he played in today, it would have been a risk. So, but just on on the point about Lammers, I think. Uh, it is more or less the case that Lammers was basically a number nine a lot of the time before he came to Rangers I think he played as a striker so maybe giving him a shot up top um, I wouldn't be as harsh as you David when you said this was his lump of wind I think he has got some good qualities and some good attributes he's just no that good quality and he's not that consistent with it um, but I think he's got six or seven goals now so it's alright you know, we're, we're what 12-14 games into the season that's no a bad return. You do expect better from a Rangers striker, but it's certainly no the worst. Um, but yeah, Dessers coming in, I wasn't too surprised at that today. Uh, uh, interesting that Balogun was back in defence because I think Davies didn't really do anything wrong through the week. Uh, but given the you know the Suter's injury concerns and given the fact that Goldson's on the yellow card and will miss the game against Aris. I think Clement is maybe just trying to wrap Ben Davies in cotton wool so that nothing happens to him because we don't have Balogun in the Euro squad. It's also interesting that Barisic started and Shona, I agree with you, I thought Barisic was very good today. Um, but I did wonder if we may have seen Redfan back in for a game because, again, I thought he'd been playing well. But, uh, yeah, it was interesting just to see that he kept Barisic on the team. And I was really pleased to see Ross and Coswell getting a start. I thought that's been deserved, you know, given his performances when he's come on as a sub and I thought he played well today but I'm sure we'll, we'll come on to talk about that Yep Shona when you seen the team or were you were you that starry eyed that you you were still thinking about Butland or what did you think when you when you saw the team that was was going to come out up front I think obviously you're trying to keep that fluidity up front so I didn't expect that many changes um, um, of, of an attacking line, obviously we more or less kept it apart from Balogun coming in, which was probably what we all thought. And then obviously we might have thought that Jack might have um, came out because of the pitch. But apart from that, it was a whole different new attack, really, with obviously Seema linking up with Dessers. And then you had Lawrence, obviously, in that kind of number 10 role with McCausland out on the on the right. So, um, no, I thought, um, to be honest, I'm going to agree with it. David on this one, I actually thought Dessers had one of his better games. His finishing was very, very poor. Uh, there's no doubt about it, but he was getting himself into those positions. I think there was at one point he did a nice wee flick header onto, I think, Lawrence. Lawrence did a flick header, and then it ended up with McCausland, and McCausland put the ball into the side netting. 
I think there was a lovely one too that he made with Tav um, in the box as well. So I actually thought that was one of Desert's better games that he's had for Rangers so far. Um, I just think he needs to work on his finishing, but I think that will just come through with confidence. I think we saw that with Danilo at the very, very start. He was very raw and he was missing a lot of chances. So, look, I thought that um, I actually thought Dessers did a better job than what Danilo did when he came on. Um, but, look, obviously, I know that Danilo was only on for about 30, 30 well, it was probably more than that. It was probably nearly enough 40 minutes by the time they had the extra time that was played on at the end. But, uh, no, I actually thought the, the, the front four today, even though it was a whole new front four um, that we haven't had seen play, I've never seen Lawrence with McCausland or Dessers. I actually thought we, were, we linked up quite well at times. I thought Borna Barisic's variation of his passes was absolutely brilliant. There was one where he made right down the wing towards Sima. There was a, another, he was making in crosses. And by the way, just to let you know, Barisic hit the byline and made a cross right across the middle of the, the, the box. And there was nobody there for him. So I couldn't believe it. What was what on it? Was, was this the new Barisic that we're seeing? Was driving towards the byline and pulling the balls back right across the box. So, no, I actually thought Borna was probably, I thought, uh, between him, I thought Lawrence had a very good game. And I thought McCausland caused them problems all down that wing. Same with Seema at times with his pace. So, I thought throughout the whole game, guys, as much as it was only a 2-0, it should have been 4 or 5. I don't really remember Butland really having a save all game or a defence really having any trouble. And what I would say, this is probably one of the first times Maybe in the last, maybe, or what I've kind of been doubting over the last couple of games is, see when we do a go, a go up, I remember there was guys saying to me in the second half, oh, by the way, if it gets to 70 minutes, you just never know, they might go up and score. It's one of the first times, guys, and I thought today, there's absolutely no chance, even if they go up our pitch, there was no chance of them scoring. I had no doubt that we were going to win that game quite comfortably today. Yeah, well, I, I must admit, I, I, I well, you said 5-0 the other day, and I said 4-0. So, obviously, we were quite confident. that. Uh, but, I mean, I think if Dessers hadn't miskicked that ball, I don't think it was going anywhere near the net, to be honest with you. But he miskicked it, and it managed to bounce under the defender and over the goalkeeper. So, yeah. But always goals until now. We only scored, what well, you said, six or seven, Shona. But always goals have either hit him or he's miskicked it. He's he's in, he's in one sort of a decent goal in, the, in all that time, but as long as he can win, I suppose that's a, that's an important the important thing. Dave, we're talking about young McCausland. Um, how many points would he get for artistic impression when when for the penalty? It wasn't a penalty. He would probably get quite a few, Dave. I'm I'm not going to put a number on it because it'll. Uh... It will be make things worse for him, so I'm not going to do it. No, but uh, certainly, uh, but is that not what professional footballers do? You know, you maximise the opportunity. So he clearly knows the keeper's coming out. He got to the ball, touched it, and I think the the keeper brushed his leg. But he knows that that's time to go down as soon as you feel the contact. And uh, the the ref, you know, McLean of Julie obliges and, and awards the penalty kick. It's, it's reviewed by VAR. It's not a clearing obvious error. It was there was contact. It's a penalty. Penalty to Rangers. The three words you just love to hear. So, but, and yeah, I, I think uh, McCausland, but you know that that's professional football for you. They all do it. No one's uh, with no exceptions. There is no Corinthian spirit in professional football. So, no, sorry, I. I I think he 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 played for it. I mean, I, I don't think it was a million miles away from. Danilo's, you know, against Hearts last week. 
because you know as soon as you get the ball, you touch it first. The keeper then is going to touch you. You go down. As long as it's plausible, it's a penalty kick. So, I mean, you would be absolutely raging if it was at the other end. There's no doubt about that. But uh, penalty, uh, maybe maybe justice was done in that Tav, you know, did the Corinthian thing and just put it past the post just to. Uh, Make sure that, that we won fair and square instead of you know dodgy penalties. No, but I think in the first half we should have been out of sight. We created enough chances. We were creating plenty of chances. We should have buried them. Uh, but and in, in all in all, I think Shona's point, you know, that we, we, we don't do the watch the last fifteen minutes through your fingers type game, whereas we were totally in control as as I thought we were on Thursday night when we we didn't you know no one was pushing the chaos button, you know, when we then do the Keystone Cops routine and they're defending for the last 10, 15 minutes and it's all very frantic. Rangers were in control from start to finish as they were on Thursday. Saw, got the second goal and uh, looked comfortable throughout. Obviously, the second, the intensity in the second half kind of dropped a bit. We had lots of possession. We didn't create as many chances in the second half. There's no doubt about that. But uh, we were always in control of that game. There was no no panic stations, I'm pleased to say, and and another clean sheet. So, I mean, all in all, you would say to run us into the international break, get the three points done and uh, get back to York and Howie and get the work done. So, no, all in all, like, I was quite happy at the end when uh, we secured the victory. And, as, and Tom Lawrence has now got you know a game under his belt. McCausland said his first start. You know, so it's... Uh, Things are moving on. We're ticking some boxes here. We're making progress, and that's. Uh, I mean, could you, can you just remember where we were about, you know, five six weeks ago, when uh, you know we were apoplectic, <laughs> incandescent with rage, you know, with all all that Michael Beale was offering us, and and where we are now, you know, with with six games under his belt, you know, five victories, one draw, and uh, things are you know, more options on the training ground. Well, obviously, he'll be looking to do some work on the training ground, but some players are coming back from injury. As I said, it was a, it was fantastic to see Tom Lawrence back because I think he he's, could be a very big player for Rangers and uh, it, gives, it gives him more options. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're heading in the right direction. As I said, we're making progress. So, all's well. Yeah. I just to, to to go back to the team. Just on the bench, we had. Um, did I get my list? Redfan, McCrory, Cantwell, Lammers, Sifuentes, Sterling, Roof, Davies, and Danilo. That was a long time since we've had a, a, a such a strong bench. Yeah, that's that's a strong bench. Uh, it's unlike us because, as you say, it's been a long time, but. A lot of that is just attributable to injuries, you know, and obviously they seem to have all those injuries piling up at once that people are now starting to come back. Uh, it's been interesting to hear from on talking about, you know, the level of injury in the club and this stuff about the cryo chamber and all of that. And although he never comes out and explicitly criticises his predecessor, it's obvious that, you know, that's what he's thinking. And he's, he's really unhappy with, you know, the way things are going in that regard, the fitness as well as the injury situation. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's very early days for him, but hopefully, you know, whatever methods, because he, he seems to have ideas about it. So whatever methods that he's going to start bringing in, 
hopefully that works in the longer term to reduce the number of injuries that we're getting, especially these muscle injuries, you know, because that clearly a lot of it comes from you not know, having the proper fitness regimes and the proper rest and recovery regimes. Uh, aye, good to see uh, a decent strength bench. I think there's a couple on there that are probably never going to get on the pitch today, the likes of Ruth. But we are heading back to a place where maybe we've got a full squad that we can actually pick from. And, you know, I think that's something to be optimistic about. You might have to, to tell some players that they've got to sit in the stand in a few, a few weeks' time when there's <laughs> Maton go back and, uh, yeah, Ruth fully fit. It's going, to be, it's going to be quite interesting. Anyway, I think, Shona, I think the, the referee got it right with the Golson goal. I think... Uh, he, uh, I, I think Tessers was interfering with, with the, well, he wasn't interfering with the goalkeeper, but he was interfering with the, the sight of the goalkeeper. I think I think the referee got that one right. Well, it's one of those ones that will go for you or it will go against you. Like, did he actually interfere that much a play that put the goalkeeper off? I'm not that, not that sure because I think Tavernier was always going to have a shot goal. I don't think the goalkeeper dealt with it that well, but like it obviously came back and it was obviously an offside. And I think obviously as well, I thought the McCausland goal was really, really harsh. Um, I thought that Seema was having his, if it wasn't a goal, it should have been a penalty because Seema was having his shirt pulled. Um, and then obviously if you're having your shirt pulled, the automatic thing is you're going to obviously try and get away from them. So you're going to move your body forward. That moved his body forward into the defender in front of him, but put him to the ground on a very, very, very soft um, what well, I would call very, very soft um, uh, foul. So, like, I think um, McCausland was really unlucky today. I think he actually deserved a goal for for, it, for his style of play that he played. But no, I thought um, I thought the Golson goal was probably, like, I thought it was a wee bit harsh, but that's just my opinion. I think some of these things, what you're meant to do, the guy is offside, but he wasn't really into Did he actually touch the ball? Don't think he did. Did he actually get anywhere near the ball? Don't think he did. So, um, I think it was a poor actually one from the goalkeeper. I don't think he judged the bounce of the ball. Off, the, off that shitty pitch and um, look it was I think it was a fair enough goal from Golson but look that's just the way things are but look I think we had quite a few goals that were, were disallowed for us today um, and I think it was just one of those ones where it just wasn't coming off for us I think we could have gone on to win that game 5-6 or 7-0 but unfortunately it was just one of those days where one thing was either coming against us or an offside or as you said, a disallowed goal or a missed penalty just wasn't happening for us on that pitch. So I think overall, I thought it was a very, like David said, I think it was a very, very dominant display. And, uh, you know, I was very, very pleased with some of the performances, especially when you're playing with a front, basically a, a new front four. Like, um, we haven't had them play before. I thought Lawrence, like David said and Bill said, some of his passing, by the way, straight through the needle of the, all the defence and right through to Dessers. Um, there was one or two chances he had um, straight through on goal, unfortunately missed them. But I thought some of his even tracking back at times as well for Lawrence was really good. So I think overall, guys, I think um, the good thing from what I'm seeing from this is because these guys are all getting their chances and they're all doing quite well, like some McCausley came in, did well, Balligan, consistent. You've got the likes of Lawrence now coming in. Who's going to start in the final, guys? That's what that's going to be the big question because I think that's what Clement wants. He wants them all fighting for their position and do you know what, guys? It could be a guessing game when it comes to that final because um, we could think just now who the players are on form and by the time it comes around to that final, it could be a whole different new 11. So apart from obviously Jack Butlin, but look, um, I think to be honest that, that this is what the manager wants. He wants them all every single week because he can pick a different team week in, week out, knowing that he'll still get a tune out of these players and we can still win games consistently. Like I said before, I think these guys, like the manager said before, he wants to set up teams to exploit their weaknesses 
and that's maybe why he had the likes of Lawrence playing in there to play those balls through the middle instead of Campbell doing his tricks on the pitch because I don't know about you guys, but Campbell needs to stop getting these stupid silly yellow cards. Yeah, that was it was stupid today. We're getting getting involved in it and then what he did and getting a yellow card for it, absolutely stupid. Um <laughs> and you've just went through you're 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 on to the final already and you've just went through about six of my agenda points that I was going to, going to bring up. Uh the after the golden goal, we we went in front with Desser's goal. Brilliant pass from Lawrence through to him, as, as Shona said there. Um it, it was a good run by Desser's. I think we've got to give him that. But I think he was really lucky that the the, the ball sort of a that he mishit it, he kicked it in the ground, I think, and it's sort of a bounce past the, the keeper in the what do you think of the goal bill? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh. Sorry. Uh, pressed the wrong button there trying to take myself off the mute. Unbelievable. That's, that's an absolute ready that is. Uh, yeah, the goal, he does get boxed, doesn't he? But I think he does everything right now the build up to it. And that's why I'm saying, you know, the guy obviously has got qualities. He's a um, brilliant pass, by the way, from, from Lawrence. That was uh, just an absolutely sublime pass, immaculate. Uh, and Dessers picks it up and runs with it. You know, he does everything right. Uh, I think eight times out of ten when he hits that shot that way, I don't think it ends up in the back of the net. And I don't even know if it got in the back of the net today. It sort of trundled over the line a little bit, didn't it? Uh, but, you know, you've got to give him the credit for being there, being in the right position, picking it up, moving with it, and trying to have the shot. And he was there again, having a few other shots today. And that's why I'm saying you do have to give him a bit of credit. He's not just absolutely coaching the, the way that some people have portrayed him. But, again, you know, I, I think his, his finishing really leaves something to be desired. And there's other aspects of his play as well. I, I don't think he's, he's controlling the balls that great a lot of the time. It's coming to him. Sometimes he, he looks as if he can't judge the bounce of a ball, which I find really, really strange because I feel like I can do that. And I'm no professional football player. Uh, yeah, credit to this as well. I, I thought he'd been in the shift today, got his goal. And like I was saying earlier, I think it's six or seven goals now. Um, it's probably. His, his ratio will be about a goal every two games so far this season, which is okay, you know, like, and we've got goals to other areas of the team and we're not just relying on him, then I, I think that's passable. But I do think longer term we need better, and certainly in the immediate term, I think Danilo 
is the answer in that position, not Desmers. Yeah, I'm not sure what will happen when he comes up. I mean, this was a team bottom of the league and they weren't, they weren't that great at the back. I don't know what happens when he, when he comes up against better centre-halves, which, which he will do, certainly in Europe. Dave, the young boy comes in. McCausland, Chona, Chona picked up in it there, comes in. And then he scores a cracker of a goal. It must he must have been heartbroken when the when the referee called, called off. And do you think it should have been? Because as Shona said, the shirt was pulled first. If it was, if it was anything really, it should have been a penalty for us. And as you know, you can't penalise a goal. So really, the goal should have stood. <clears throat> Absolutely, I think Shona called it exactly right, and that the the initial foul on on Seema led directly to the, the guy getting the, him colliding with the, the, the Livingston player who then fell over, which they are then saying is, is now a free kick. Uh, absolute nonsense. That was a goal all day long. So although we, we maybe kind of got away with one in terms of the first penalty, I think uh, that one probably cancelled it out because uh, that was that was a perfectly good goal because, you know, either... I mean, the first offence is, is, is the short tug on, on Abdullah Seema. So I mean, if the, how how far do you want to take it back? Uh, that's a penalty kick. So uh, Abdullah Sima continues, you know, trying to push himself forward, bumps into the Livingston player. I mean, was that a foul? Not for me. And uh, you're right. I mean, Ross McCausland showed, you know, nice composure, side footing it straight into the roof of the net. Absolute first first goal for Rangers, you know. Uh, Rangers fan all his days. This is a moment of the ages, and uh, some asshole in VAR says, "No, no, there was a, <laughs> there was a foul by Abdullah Sima." Blah, Jesus, where's that caravan? I'm taking them all out. So, no, it was a, it was crying. That, that was a perfectly good goal. Uh, I don't know what the because is that a clear and obvious error? Because this is that's that's the the, the bar, you know, for this VAR. A clear and obvious error wasn't for me. So. Sorry, that was a perfectly good goal. But and I think we should have gone in at half time, you know, with two or three, uh, two or three up. We created plenty of chances, utterly dominant. We were never in any danger, but it would have been it would have made the second half a whole lot more comfortable. We're gonna give maybe on some some subs on a wee bit earlier. But uh, all, all in all, I would say, you know, job done. Because I mean there was as I said earlier, lots of pluses for today, you know, Balligan continues to look like he's just not out of place in with, with Connor Goldson. Why he's not in our European squad? Every time I see Leon Balligan, I get more angry about that decision to leave him out because uh, he's exactly what we need and and he's not there. So I'll be uh, maybe send a cheeky email to Michael Beale. I think Colin might have a new address. Colin's out on that one. So... Um, yeah, Sorry, Sorry Dave, just on, just on the goal, talking about the Coslin's goal, uh, excellent finish. But on the, the actual decision, remember the referee's on-field decision is that it's a foul. Right. So what you've actually got to the question we should ask is, was there a clear and obvious error with the referee's on-field decision that Seema had fouled his man? And that is only if there's a clear and obvious error in that decision that VAR has to come back. It's not that the referee's allowed the goal and then Bar has intervened because of what? Well, I, I, I think it was the wrong decision. I don't really think Seamus filled his guy. There was there was arms and legs flying about everywhere, and it was much of a muchness for me. But I think I, the important point for Bar is they can only call that back 
if the referee's decision, which was that Seema fouled his man, if, if that's a clear and obvious error. So I just I wanted to get that in there. Yeah, well, it's Bill. You're always you're always into the debate as to how far do you want to take it back because, you know, Seema getting his shirt pulled and the referee missing it is a clear and obvious error for me. So, are VAR entitled to refer the, the referee to, to that incident which she's missed? So th there's an obvious error on the referee's part. So, really, it's it's, it's where do you draw the, the boundaries of, of what VAR are looking at? So yeah. is it? Three seconds, two seconds before that, you know, maybe even one and a half seconds. His shot's been pulled. He then bangs into the defender. Which, which, where did the, the clear and obvious error start and end? So we're into all these uh, shades of grey. So at the end of the day, you know, these things are supposed to even out. So we'll probably uh, be, be awarded a complete howler, you know, in, in, in a couple of weeks. So another, another penalty to Rangers. <laughs> Yeah, well, as I say, in my opinion, the the, the McCausland penalty wasn't a goal, so it wasn't a penalty, so yeah. um, it certainly wasn't a goal. <laughs> I mean, Cavanier, uh, I don't know what he was thinking about, but uh, he, he hit the side stanchion instead of the, and it was a bit, what, a, yeah, a good jab away from the goal, so it wasn't it wasn't one of his better penalties. Shona, what did you think of McCausland's overall display? I thought it was really good throughout the whole match. I actually thought both guys on both wings, I thought a lot of our, our play over the long balls and down, down the side of the pitch, I thought that was our attacking style. And it was good to see that we're now coming down the both the left and the right-hand side. But I thought McCausland overall was a really, really big threat. He kept on cutting on and he was inside of his foot. Or actually, he was going to the byline and cutting the crosses right in. I think um, it was just unfortunate for him that that, that goal never went in because I think he thought... He was the one that thoroughly deserved it. Um, and I think there was one where there was a throw-in towards Golson as well. There's a bit of a scramble in the box and Desha has a shot blocked and he takes a strike as well. So, and it hits the side netting. There was one that was like, hits, hits the side netting. So he could have had two or three goals today, I think, McCausland. I think his overall performance as well, I think down that right-hand side, I think he can now say to him, between him, right, and whoever else that obviously the manager thinks can play down that right-hand side, whether it's Cantwell, or somebody else. I think um, what you're what he's trying to do is maybe try and get these guys. Although that Bill wanted in the in the past, we want these guys to kind of mix in and, and kind of interlink with each other and play off the right, play off the right, uh, the, the the center, mix in between each other. I think what Clement wants, he wants guys who I know that I can trust down the left hand side of the pitch. I know guys that I can trust down the middle, and I know guys that I can trust down the right hand side of the pitch. And I think that's why he's trying to get a, a tune out of Cantwell just to try and see if it, if it does work down the right hand side. And I think. Um, McCausland's done no harm today in um, his performance um, overall. I thought um, he played really, really well. I think, obviously, towards the second half, you could see they were putting a couple of guys on him. There was a few challenges going in, but no, I thought overall, I thought he could have actually been man of the match if it wasn't for maybe the likes of uh, Lundstrom and who else did I think had a really good game? I thought Lawrence. Sorry, I think Lawrence. So I think it was probably between Lawrence and McCausland for man of the match. That was probably, probably Lawrence just shading it because of his assists that we got today. Shona, you are fishing saying that Lundstrom was going to be man of the match. You are fishing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see that? You, you went fast there. That's, that's, uh, it wasn't even... The computer no, wasn't I allowed. Mean, I never meant Lundstrom, I meant Borner. Sorry, Borner. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that one. Um, <laughs> well, I think... Uh, 
the, the, the second goal, Tavernier's uh, well, a penalty. I don't think there's any doubt about that one. I think it was a definite penalty. Penalty to Rangers, as they say. Aye, it's uh, the handball. Do you know what it reminded me of? Is um, do you remember when we played Dortmund over in Germany, and the the first goal that we got against them, which was a Tavernier penalty, and the way that happened was a corner kick, and the boy with his arm up in the air. Um, and as soon as I saw it, I actually saw it in real time, and I called for it. Uh, and when I saw it, and then I thought about that game straight away, and uh, like in that game, you know, Tavernier steps up and dispatches it, and we spoke against Hearts about how, you know, it took a pair of balls to go and put the ball in the back of the net for the second penalty. And, uh, you know, I thought, like, actually stepping up and doing that again today after having missed the first one, real nerves of steel to have well done. Um, really good to see. Yeah, well, he, he, again, he had the nerve to, to, to come up and, and take the second penalty. I, I was actually... I thought he would go down the middle again because uh, I thought, well, he, he missed it so far wide with the first penalty that I thought he would go down the middle, but he obviously didn't. Dave, you sort of touched on it earlier on. Uh, I've got it in, as an agenda point. Lawrence, he obviously, you you already said that he was uh, he, he played really good. He's going to be a, a great player. And I, 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 think, I think you're right. I think he's going to be a main man in the future. Yeah. Oh, Tom Lawrence, I think I... I <clears throat> He's, it's quite exciting, you know, because I think when we get this boy fit and firing, he will be a, he'll be a first pick. He'll you know he'll be in their midfield week in week out, and it will be other players will have to uh, step up and try and dislodge him. But I'm I'm hopeful because I think Tom Lawrence will also contribute with uh, a few more goals, which is what we've been crying out for, you know, because reliant, we, the goal should be coming from from all over the pitch, you know, in, in this team where we're certainly creating enough chances. And well, he's already shown that he will he can shoot from distance as well. So uh, some of our efforts today, and I don't know whether it's about that pitch, but they seem to be ten yards over the bar. Now, I think Tav was was quite close with the penalty kick, but some of the other efforts, you know, they were uh, they were heading skybound. They were coming back with back down with snow on top of them. That those balls. So it was uh, no, it was good. But Tom Lawrence, I think, yeah. Excellent. It's good to see him get a start. I mean, that's his first start in over a year today for Rangers. So it's uh, getting back onto that training ground. He's him in because I think he'll, he could be a big player for us this season. Great to see. And, and McCausland, I think. And, and do you know what I noticed? And, and you've seen it in his, his kind of substitute appearances, his willingness to get forward McCausland. You know, drive on is uh, refreshing to see. But I think that's true of, of, of our team in general, is that they've obviously been <laughs> reminded, as, as we spoke about earlier, the, the Livingston goals at that end of the pitch. So we want you to go that way. So, <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, as I said, you know, I think, you know, you look at, I think of some of the games we've had in, you know, the last few years on that surface and it's, you know, heart in the mouth stuff, you know, biting your fingernails. But today was nothing like that. We we had the whole thing under control pretty much from start to finish. There was no harem scare moments, you know, when they're launching those big long throws and you know and taking free kicks from here, there, and everywhere, just bombarding us. And, and uh, but when, when they did get the ball in the box, you know, uh, Leon Balligan, and again, and as I pointed out before, Seema, 
with a couple of uh, d- defensive headers like yet again today. So uh, <clears throat> they all made a contribution without anyone being absolutely outstanding, you know, because you were saying, Ma, who's the man of the match? Well, I think that there was possibly, I think it was just a good overall team effort today. There was there was no, no one outstanding, but uh, obviously it was, Tom Lawrence should get it just because it's his first game, his first start for a year. So, uh, and and maybe just as you have called it correctly for the through ball for Dessers to get the first goal, which was a uh, which was the just a classy moment for from him. Yeah, well, I think um, Lawrence and and Jack were the were, Lawrence was named the man of the Rangers TV man of the match, but I think Jack was also mentioned in the. In the same uh, same breath, Shona, you 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 said the other night we need to talk about Clermont for a while, um, and and I, and I perfectly agree. What, what what's your old? What, what do you think has changed in style? I, I mean, let's face it, Beal under Beal we beat Levy four 0 I think at their at their their pitch, so Beal could be, we, we can't put the result any different. But the style of play, what do you think has changed from Beal to, to come on? I think there's a few things that we can think of. I think belief is one of them. Do you know what I mean? I think what this guy do, does do, it doesn't take any shit off anybody. But I think also as well, I think he's a really, really good man manager. I really do. I think he can get the best out of players even when they're feeling low, feeling not confident. Obviously, he can get a tune out of players that probably we've never, we never thought could get back into this Rangers squad again. I think it's just about giving them that energy as well. I think obviously he's mentioned on a few times fitness. I think he's also mentioned a few times leaders as well in the pitch. I think what he has done is made Lundstrom a leader on the pitch. He's made the likes of uh, Butland, Golson, Tavernier, all these guys telling them if you want to take be that mainstay in that position and you want to you need to step up a level. I think every single one of them so far has, especially I would say Lundstrom in the middle of the park. I think he's um, said to Lundstrom, "You make this your own." You're the one that's obviously the most reliable. He's the most reliable midfielder we've got. As much as people might not like it, it might not be the best for Rangers, and people will have their their views on Lundstrom. But for me, he is the most reliable and the most consistent midfielder that we've got. Every other midfielder that we've got in that in that midfielder, either out of contract or including Lundstrom out of contract in the summer or injury prone. So, um, like I think what he's just installed is this is this is this belief so far, the energy in the pitch. And just playing further forward and playing that further forward, like I said the other day, I think this is why he played Scott Wright um, or when Scott Wright came on for Cantwell. You could see straight away that the press from Danilo was far, far much higher up the pitch. That allows the, 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 the three wingers or the three guys behind him to get further up the pitch. It then allows us to press higher, allow them to make more mistakes. It means then that the defence is not under so much pressure. It means the midfield have got more time in the ball in midfield as well when they're, when they're making the passes. Um, going forward, and I think what as well is I've noticed biggest difference um, in our style of play is the variation of passing that we're making. We're making long balls over the top. We're going down the the middle. We're going through down both wings. Um, previously, before we're always consistently always going down the right hand side of the pitch. I think obviously it allows um, Tavernier and we've seen Tavernier and Borna Barisic, whoever plays out in the right and the left, they're not playing as further forward. He's allowing the attackers and the midfielders to do their job. And get further forward and score his goals. And I think um, overall, you can see with the XG, you can see with the, the, the possession rate, you can see with the, the likes of the amount of goals that we score on to, to goals conceded. I think that's him now had is it six games and one draw so far? 
So I don't think there's any anything that you can say about the manager at the moment that um that you could you could have any negatives on. I think at the very start he did say, like I'm going to make little small changes. One of the ones, as I said, was being leaders on the pitch, and the other one was a style of play. And guys, as much as Bill obviously said about taking the handbrake off and all these things, we never really saw that. What we're actually seeing from come on is what he's actually putting words in. We're actually seeing that on the pitch so far. I think his substitutions. I'm not going to lie, they have been a wee bit odd today. I did think the likes of what was it, Ridvan, that came on for, I can't remember, and Borna Barisic was still on the pitch, wasn't he? So some of his substitutions, I'm not going to lie, maybe that was just to get a, a run out, I'm not too sure. But I think some of his substitutions, he's played an absolute blinder. Who would ever thought when Scott Wright came on the other night, he would have probably been the game changer. So it's things like that. And I think, um, like I said, guys, I know that everybody is not uh, Dessers and Lammers biggest fan, but I think under this new manager, you're going to have to give them 10, 15 games because I think you can you can write off what happened under Beal. Uh, do I think Dessers and Lammers are the answers? Probably not. Um, but at the end of the day, we've got the likes of Dill, we've got the likes of Lawrence there, you've got the likes of Matondo coming back. So for me, the good thing is that this manager is always going to have a headache week in, week out, and God knows who he's going to pick. Can I can just come in there, see what, one of the things, the aspects from Thursday night, which, uh, which struck me was that uh, Philippe Clement had clearly targeted their left back as the weak link in their defence. Any time that guy got the ball, you saw, yeah. I mean, from from the first goal, as soon as he got into possession, yeah. someone was pressing him. Every time it happened, and the guy was just went from bad to worse to, to, to the point where halfway through the half, you know, the guy's confidence was absolutely shattered. Rangers were after him, and he knew it, and, and he didn't have an answer for it. And that was that's clearly been discussed in the dressing room pre-match, when they're saying, this guy, he's, he's as fragile as, as glass, as, as Kemar Roof is, and zoned in on him, which led immediately to the first goal, because when that ball is played to him from the goalkeeper, and Danilo makes a beeline for him, knowing that, you know, there's a fair, there's a chance here, I'll, I'll win possession from this guy, and he duly obliged. So that, that for me, tells me that Philip Clermont is preparing them, you know, they, so they know the opposition, He's, this is here's where we were going to target them, and to the point where you know they now had a kind of mid-half huddle, where where they understood they were getting royally pumped, and something had to change, and that 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 for, for me is tells me everything I need to know about Philip Clement and how he had prepared that team to go out there and exploit their weaknesses. Yeah, another thing I think Dave was that the the right back, the guy with the curly hair. If you remember in the first game, he was really like an, an, an extra winger to them. And I think he had targeted, Clemence had targeted that as well. And every time he sort of tried to come forward, we put the ball in behind him and was forcing him to go back. Jonah, you wanted to come in there? Yeah, I just wanted to totally agree with what David P said. Do you know what I mean? I've been, I've been saying this. He, what he does is, I think because he looked at the previous Sparta game, they're then able to look at what their weaknesses were, and David spot on, and so am I, exploiting their weaknesses. We did that exactly in the same with the Hearts game. See, when we scored those two goals in the last 10 minutes, who was their most, um, or who was their best player? Who was Park's best player in the pitch that day? Probably Laurent Shankland. See, when it was the next game along, who went missing in the next game? It was Laurent Shankland because he had, he had identified what their biggest strength was 
because obviously that guy in the previous game was going forward a lot, like David said, do you know what I mean? And this time around, you know, it's the all we can exploit that left back. He's obviously not a very good left back. Exactly the same with Shanklin. So I think what you're going to be able to find, guys, is that I've said this before, it's kind of like a Bielsa where he'll study a team through in, through out. And as I said, he'll set his team up to beat the opposition. And um, I think we're now trying to see that. It's going to take time, guys, because we've only played these guys. But it's quite good the fact that we played Hearts back to back, Sparta back to back, because I think that's how he's going to, that's how going forward he'll be able to feel if we end up drawing a game or not, not playing well, I can guarantee you the next time we play them, we'll pump them four or five nil. Yeah, I think there's a lot of good points here. And I, I think he's fitness. I mean, I think somebody was asking about but Dowell today uh, in the comments I've seen there. And I think, I think I might be wrong, but I think Clemens uh, said something about I'm doing a 13 kilometer run or whatever it was, some running exercises. And, it, and it, I think that that's why I don't think he, I think he thought he was uh, unfit for the, for the game because he had worked so hard. And we, he said, uh, come on, said that we're going. To, all the players are going to be doing that uh, during the, the break. They're getting three days, three days holiday. Some of them, the ones that are coming back from injury, are not. But the the players have played and the, the team have been playing regular. They're getting three days break, and then they're going to going to be running uh, uh, exercises. So that's going to be quite good. Bill, showing us sort of I'm hitting it as well. Matondo coming back, but. After the, the international stop, Matondo's supposed to be coming back. Where does he fit in this? Now we've got McCausland firing in, 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 in all cylinders, really. Um, we've got Seema on the other side. Where, where's, where's Matondo going to fit in in all this? Um, you know, like, I I, I always like Travis Matondo, anyway, right? Um, and I know, like, Rangers fans still keep him. Anyway, he was one of these figures for me, like, I always liked Scott Wright and all. I just I I seem to be the guy, me, me and Andrew, we on the on the pod where we kind of defend the players that everybody seems to rally against. And I always saw something in Matondo. And I, I think he's a really good player and he's shown some stuff this season, you know, he's he's been back in the team uh, and he deserved to be back in the team. I'm really excited to see, you know, how far Philip Tomon can take Rapid Matondo. Because he's obviously he's improving the guys that we've got, um, and you know I think how long did we spend last season and under Michael Beal complaining about the right wing position? He was maybe to play the right wing position, and all of a sudden we've got this glut. And you know I think Matondo can play on the left as well, and seen as there, I, I'm sure there's a place for Matondo. And Clement talks a lot about how you know it's not just the living on the park; it's a squad game. And if you think about it, you know, we'll be, we're in the final of the League Cup and we've got the, the league to play. We're probably going to have European football after Christmas now. We'll have the Scottish Cup to play. I think we could reach over 50, maybe 60 games this season. So I think there'll be a place for everybody. And what guys like Matondo have got to do is when it's their turn, when it's their chance, like Scott Wright has done, you know, he's, he's been brought off the bench a couple of times under Philippe Clermont and really shown something and impacted the game. So... You know, he's, he's more or less a starter now, I would say. And Matondo's got to grasp that as well. He'll be back and he'll get his time coming off the bench to impact the game. And that's what he's got to go and do to, to claim his place as a starter if that's what he wants. But I'm sure Clement will use him along with all the other guys that can play out wide because we're going to have such a busy season and so many games and folks are going to pick up knocks and stuff. It's, it's inevitable. So 
yeah, I, I've no fear that he's going to get some time. Even it's, it's normal for players that are on the sideline to get some minutes, um, because they've obviously if they've got to come into the team, they've they've got to be fit enough, they've got to have, have game minutes, uh, because just training doesn't help you. Sifuentes and Sterling, they're hardly getting a look in, Dave. Well, they will if they uh, they train hard and, and and they're showing on the training ground that they they deserve a, a first team start. Then I'm sure that's where they'll end up. But I think we should, and I think we spoke about this in the in the, the daily pod last week, Dave. We we shouldn't really view it as a, as a, an eleven man starting lineup. It's a sixteen man team, you know, with five subs. The, the the guy has got sixteen players at his disposal for any given game, so. The way he, he skins that, you know, with the starting eleven and how he's going to use the subs, he's probably, you know, still working out. He's still in a kind of observation mode, whatever that is. But that's clearly he's just assessing the strengths and weaknesses of the guys that he has at his disposal. You know, there's guys who you can clearly see you can get some improvement out of. Scott Wright being the, the most obvious example. But the lot of the other players, you know, you know, Matondo, you know, there was Lovelace who've who I think will have a contribution to make. So I think it then becomes a competition between the players to see who's going to make that 16. You know, for any given game is is, is what uh, Philip Camon sees as the best fit for that for that particular job. So I mean, I'm for me kind of old fashioned in the sense that you just play your best players. You know, they might have had a kind of, but I think it's a way more a wee bit more complicated than that, which is why he's Rangers manager and I'm no. So there's, I think he is he is showing the signs here that this guy is is knows what he's doing and you know because we've only conceded one goal from open play since Philippe Clement arrived, which was the goal again for the Sparta scored. The other one was a penalty kick. So you know, clean getting clean sheets has become a regular occurrence. So as I said, you know, we're we're trending in in, in all the right ways here. The players coming back from injury, the, the defence is tightening up. Leon Balligan looks like he could uh, play to his 46. I mean, I thought Balligan again was excellent today. I, I just, the more I think about it, I just get angry as to why he then spent a year down south and we could, we'd have, yeah. we could have fucking done him. But hey-ho, it's, but he, he's there. And, and we saw today, we saw on Thursday, what Leon Balligan brings to it. He just, him and Connor Golson just look like a... a, a, a an understanding between them, you know, a good solid pairing. It's it's been shown in the results and the performances, uh, and it's then up to Ben Davis and John Souter and, and Leon King, I guess, you know, to dislodge those guys by by showing Philip Clement that they, they can do it better. So, uh, I I think we're from you know obviously uh, from being almost you know putting our heads in the ovens four or five weeks ago, things that you know that. The clouds are clearing here and uh, the, the sun is coming through. So, I mean, I, I'm just, uh, I think Philip Clement is, I mean, I, I didn't know Philip Clement from bloody, I wouldn't have known him if he'd flown in that window and bit my leg six weeks ago. But, I mean, he just, uh, from what I'm seeing from this guy, I like it so far. Who was it that let Balogun go, actually? Was it Gio that let him go? Gio, yeah. Yeah. Gio, yeah. 
Yeah, because I mean another another one that I I, I think was strange was uh, Scott Arfield as well. I mean I think we we could have Scott Arfield could still have done a job for us for, certainly from the bench. Um, Shona, anything uh, you you were want to talk about? Anything else about Clamon you want to to bring in? Anything about anything else you want to bring in? I think a lot of it is down to his man management. I think that's what we're finding that the most guys, I think how he's man managing these players, I think on and off the pitch um, with the injuries, with the way he talks press conference, I think the fans are really getting on board. I think you can see a better, a better uh, atmosphere both home and away. And I think what I like about Clement is that, see him on the touchline, guys, it's absolutely comedy goal. Some of the stuff that he's doing, he's right in the fourth official all the time. He's giving it all this, you know, that way. I, I love the fact that every time that a sub either comes on or off the pitch, he's having a good chit-chat with them as well. I think uh, that really helps the player, whether it's negative or positive or whatever we see. So I can imagine he's, he's very much the type who also likes to bring through, through youth. So I think what you're going to do, see guys in the future here, is a really, really good man-manager. Uh, what we just need to do is see if we can get that cup final under his belt, I think honestly we could go into special things under him. I really do, but obviously time will tell. I think it is still very, very early. But for me, I think it's just his man management skills with the players. I think he's really taken to a lot of them, improved quite a few considerably. Guys that we thought that could be out the door. Now we're talking about some of these guys that if they keep up their performances, they could get a new contract at Rangers. So I think at the moment it's all positive, and I think with the like I said, I think at the moment with him winning games and the amount of goals that we're obviously creating or the XG's gone up. I think it's all just positive vibes at the moment and may those positive vibes continue. So, look, it's, I think it's been probably been quite a nice time for him to get the international break. I think he's seen most of the players that he's had to see them um, that's either came back from injury. Obviously, you've got the ones that are still out and not fully fit. Obviously, they'll come gradually back into the likes of Matondo. But, guys, at least we've got options. That's all we can ask for. We can ask for guys that are fit. We can ask for options. And I think that January chance, uh, the January um, month, if we are still in Europe and they're out of the Champions League, we're going to have two games a week, guys. So he really needs to have all the options he can get and as many players fit. Because I'm telling you now, they're going to have a few players missing going into the, the Asia Cup or whatever it is in, in January. So it's a, it's a time where we obviously will have a heavy schedule. And you know what we're like after an, an, a, a winter break. So, um, look, I think you'll have to get that. And I think that starts, guys. If we can win that old firm on the 30th of December, I think we can go on to good things in this league. But we just need to keep that momentum going because we've got a hell of a amount of away games coming up. And I, I tell you something, if we can get through the, those away games, we're, we're on to something. I was, I was just going to say that. We've actually got a cup final just after the winter break because we've got to, to go up to, to Petaudry and, and play Aberdeen, which we, who did today uh, I, I roll over and tickle my belly to the the mob from the other side Bill Bill did Bill oh, Bill sorry Clement did say um today that even six hours if we'd have played this this game on Sunday night and instead of Sunday at 12 o'clock in the afternoon even that six hours would help in recovery and if you look at the Aberdeen score um do you think that European football does take a lot out of the players. It definitely does. I think the players that we've got are perhaps a tiny bit more used to it than Aberdeen are. Uh, you know, the players that they've got. But, I mean, without um, wanting to stray into, you know, other teams on a Rangers podcast, I did 
think Barry Robson's pre-game press conference sounded like they'd already been beaten before the game kicked off, the way that he was talking about his team. But uh, that, that's uh, perhaps uh, to be discussed on another channel, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Europe definitely takes a lot with the players. But, you know, I think we've got a decent-sized squad. I think we've got decent players. We should still be able to handle any of the dross and the SPL that we come up against after a European game. And we've shown that we can do it in the past, you know. Uh, we did it today. We, we kind of strolled it against Livingston, despite having played on Thursday night. But Clement's point is a good one. Uh, you know, we, I, I know what you're saying. You talked about having an extra six or eight hours recovery time. Uh, that can make a big difference to somebody's body who's played, you know, a really an intense game on the Thursday night, especially if we've been, you know, playing somewhere else in Europe and having to fly back or something. But the other point that he made was um, around the, the Belgian league already does it. They adjust for their teams in Europe. I think the Dutch league possibly does it. You know, there are other European leagues that do it where they'll make adjustments for their teams in Europe. And, you know, the, the, one of the things that I've learned the past uh, sort of 15 years or whatever, having seen us in European finals twice and never getting any favour in terms of domestic fixtures. But then when we were playing in Europe uh, the season before last year, we got to the final. I think Motherwell let us or agreed to let us move a game, which I thought was really good of them. And I think it was Hamill was their manager at the time who talked about, oh, you know, it's actually it's good for Scottish football, Rangers getting to a European final. And I think we do all need to bear that in mind that, you know, there is a coefficient and our club's doing well in Europe, whether it's us or that other mob or any of the other teams, it does help the coefficient. And that's a good thing because we get more places, we get further through without having to play qualifying rounds and all of that. Uh, I think Clement's got a very good take on it and, you know, he perhaps may be keen to, to go and explore that with the authorities in Scotland or whatever. But I'm just, given my past experience of what we've seen, I'm not holding out any hope that he's going to get anywhere on that one, sadly. No, I don't think there's a lot. I mean, we've, we've got to contend with Japanese tours and things like that than uh, giving us... a. Uh, and I know PSV. They they were given the game before. It was they they yeah. got, got the free time. They cancelled the game that they were supposed to be playing, and and they had the the whole week free. Mister Paul, can you want to bring in before we before we do a round of uh, bye byes? Our last two appearances in European finals: Zenit St Petersburg and Frankfurt. Both had their fixtures pre the pre final fixtures cleared by by their football association. To allow them to prepare for the final, and and we, I, I mean, our 2008 was was utterly disgraceful, yeah. shameful in terms of the obstacles yeah. yeah. that season when we're playing four games in a week. It was utterly absurd. So that, that's what you're up against, you know. Like, you know, like, they, they, they will actually go out their way to hinder you rather than help you, and that's the, as I said, it's like a sad indictment of the mentality of Scottish football when. And, you know, the, the, the other teams in the league would see you as such a threat that they won't actually help you, even though in the long run it would help themselves. So it's uh, that that's pretty much where we are. It's the petty mindedness of it all. So it's uh, sorry to end on a kind of sad note, but well, it's, I'm not going to end on a sad note because, you know, coming into this uh, international break, you know, we're getting a couple of weeks off and uh, I mean, I'm, I never really look forward to the international breaks, but I think with with what we've seen from Clement, you know, over the last month, 
Uh, I, I'm quite happy to have him give him some time with the squad, you know, other than you know match day preparation, and uh, bring that all that experience he has to bear on our squad because I think, and I clearly he thinks that there are further improvements to be made, and that I look forward to seeing the results of that when we get back. Jonah, are you missing Bill's press conferences? Because uh, Clemona just, uh, just uh, he says, uh, I, I'm not well, one game at a time. That's it. That's what you want to hear from a manager, isn't it? I don't think you want to be hearing what they want to say in a, a few weeks ahead. I don't think as well we should be mentioning injuries. This gets really on my tits, to be honest with you. Why we go into press conferences and every single media guy wants to know about our injuries. Do you hear any other club across Europe talking about their injuries? No. Why are we telling other people about our injuries? So I'm quite refreshed. It's quite refreshing that Clement just comes in and says it how it is and gives away nothing, by the way, absolutely nothing in those press conferences. And uh, it'll put them on, on it'll put them also as well. They'll, it'll, it'll give it back to the media. So, no, look, I, at the end of the day, I think um, a lot of this... Um, uh, SFA stuff, do you know what I mean? Like, this is just never going to change. It really isn't if we can't get any fixtures. We just ponder to whatever they want us to do. I think as well with the Sky TV deal, oh, we'll do what Sky wants to do. Do you know what I mean? Fuck off. Do you know what I mean? At the end of the day, we need to, we're Glasgow Rangers and we obviously, if you want your Scottish clubs to do well, and this is exactly what I was saying earlier on, do you know what I mean? If you want your Scottish clubs to do well, you need to help them out at the same time. But it seems to be um, one for all. And, and none for the other one. So, and, and I can imagine if that happened to Celtic recently, I'm pretty sure they would be getting their 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 chance of getting a game um, postponed or um, rearranged in that sort of sense. Just like what we're having to play on, which is absolutely ludicrous again that we're pondering to Sky that we're having to play on the likes of Christmas Eve. I think it's an absolute joke. Another twelve o'clock kickoff. Um, but look at the end of the day, the, the SFA are, going, are are who they are. It's never going to change until we get rid of Neil Doncaster. So anyway, guys, if we go to Dublin, we will follow on. There you go. <laughs> on that note, I think we will finish up unless one of you have got something no, still to add. Um, yeah, as I say, after this is finished, you can... Uh, Look it back or get it on Spotify or ACAS. And I will say goodbye for now, and we are the people. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.